Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to (laughs) pretend that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. I'm Sarah. I've got a fantastic show lined up for you today, my friends. We're starting off today's show with a special mega Yowie merch giveaway, which we're going to run through the Yowie Central Facebook site. Now, to celebrate Mally Road Studios' awesome new Yowie merch range, the talented team behind Mallee Road Studios' screen printing studio in rural New South Wales have come up with an absolute cracker of a prize. It includes a tea towel, apron, bag, pillowcase and poster, all with the gorgeous Yowie print they designed on the front of them. And let me tell you, I love the design they've come up with. It's really captured an intense emotion on the face of the Yowie. So head on over to the Yowie Central Facebook page where I will post this week how to enter the competition. It's basically just liking and commenting on the post so that the Mallee Road Studios team can gather all of your names, chuck them in a hat, then draw out one name, the lucky winner, who will get the whole pack of beautifully screen printed Yowie merch. The competition will be open for a week and then we'll announce who won the awesome prize on Facebook and on the show. Sound good? Are you excited? It's such an awesome prize. Just wait till you have a look at it. Let's jump into it. So last week, we featured John Kershaw and his terrifying dogman encounters and the remarkable photos he managed to take of the being that was stalking him through the bush near Sydney. If you haven't seen those photos, I put them up on the Yowie Central Facebook page under the link to last week's show. Coincidentally, if you believe in coincidences, I just happened to interview a witness for Australian Yowie Research this week who saw the silhouette of a very strange being standing on his balcony. Now, normally we don't interview for Australian Yowie Research unless it's an actual sighting, but something caught my attention in the report 
this witness sent us. He didn't actually see the creature, but the shadow of it frightened and bewildered him, and as the witness said, he doesn't scare or startle easily. It was the ears on the top of a very large head that scared him the most, and that was what grabbed my attention. I had to hear more about this, so I had a chat with Andrew this week, and I thought I'd play it for you this week on the show. Ready? Here's Andrew. With regards to the sighting itself, uh, if you're looking at the, the email I sent your associate, Dean, I got up to go to do business in the toilet. Right Now, I wasn't, I wasn't asleep at the time. I was perfectly awake. And uh, so I cut a long story short. I exited the bathroom after no more than about two minutes. And as I normally do, about 70 to 80 percent of the time, um, is I usually look down the corridor toward the lounge room to check to see, A, if, the, if any of the lights are still on, which I have been known in the past, lazy me, of leaving them on <clears throat> when I'm preparing to go to bed. But it's also just a, it's always, I've always been more consciously aware, uh, especially if you're going, if, we, if, we're going, if I'm going to leave the bathroom door open or if my flatmate is, um, to just check, you know, just a, just a little check and then go back into my bedroom and then, you know, go back to sleep or go to sleep. Uh, so it was when I was looking down the corridor, and now the the month there's a detail in the email that I didn't include because I wanted it to be short, as short as I could make it, and sweet. So what I did was I omitted one crucial detail was that while I was looking down the corridor at head height, because I'm not going to be looking at the carpet, for example, I'm going to be looking at my head height, was that's when the shadow appeared to grow, as in as if it was standing up on the balcony. Right, so yep. when I saw it grow, naturally my eyes and head snapped down to this figure, what appeared to be growing, standing up. Um, and immediately, when you look at someone's shadow, you, my eyes were drawn naturally to a how big it was and b its head and the ears, uh, which was why at that moment upon seeing the ears um, in my email, I actually state that I was in my head thinking, what the fire truck? And the, the, the involuntarily, um, invol- involuntary uh, motion of me almost flinching backward because it didn't compute. It, it, was, it was the moments where you see things in real life where you, where you actually can't believe what you're seeing because it doesn't make any logical sense. And as I said in my in my uh, email, um, if it had if it hadn't have been for the ears, I would have immediately either confronted the person at my, at the balcony doors to try and shut them, or have gone into my room to get a weapon to then confront them on the balcony. Um, but it was the size of the head, the shoulders, and the I'd say down to the mid range of the biceps is what I saw. Um, but it was the ears that threw me completely. Like I was, I was completely thrown. Like I've never seen, and I'll, I'll state that in the email. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Um, I've I've been in pretty some pretty tough situations. I've been through some pretty horrible things, especially early on in my life. But I've never had hallucinations or seen aliens or lights in the sky or Bigfoot or you know Yowies or anything like that. That's 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 the sort of thing that you read about and you go, ha funny story. It'd be interesting to see one, but at the same time. Um, I've never seen one. I've never seen anything like that. As I said in the email, it says I, 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 it was about two to three seconds. It could have been slightly longer. But scanning from the head, from when I first saw the shadow up to the head to the ears, and then the, in that involuntary half flinch backwards, because I was almost like flinching, I almost flinched backwards. I could feel myself literally recoil slightly. and Because that's when I saw the ears. And then my head went down to its very large head, its thick neck, its very wide shoulders, um, and then the upper arms. I could tell even at the angle that it was coming into the lounge room at that whatever or whoever this thing was, it was big. It was much bigger than me, both in width and in height, for it to have been that 
for the shadow to have reached where it was, um, it was either standing on the very edge of the balcony or on the balcony itself. Yeah, even even describing it now, I'm starting to get big goosebumps again. <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't blame it, you. Uh, it uh, it it certainly it uh, if you want to if you want me to be to be colour use a colourful metaphor, it freaked me the fire truck out. I was, <laughs> um, um, and that's why when when it vanished after a few seconds, um, with me still staring at where it was, I believe in, in when it vanished is that because I was my brain was trying to process data that my eyes were trying to give it, I might have had a mental stutter. I'm sure you've heard of it called uh, visual and audio occlusion. Yeah. Um, I believe at that moment uh, that I had something like that happen was I was desperately trying to, to process the data that I was getting, and that's why it could have appeared to have just vanished. Either that or it moved so fast that I didn't see it move, which makes it even more scary <laughs> because yes. if this thing can move that fast um, – like I've thought since, if this thing was in the lane and I was walking within 10 feet of it and it was in between the unit blocks in the dark, I would never see it. I, would never, I wouldn't even know it was there because there was no sound. It made no sound at all, zero sound. Um, and I, I was awake. Oh, man, I'm starting to freak out again. <laughs> I was awake looking at this thing and then it vanished. And then, as I said, I, I started to turn because I just – was in complete disbelief. I was thinking, no, you couldn't possibly have seen that. That can't exist. And then I turned to reach for my door handle and I realized, no, I, I can't not find out what this is. I've got to, I've got to know because it could be a threat. And if it's a threat and the door is open, I can't just go into my room because if it isn't, if it isn't the fantastical, because there's two options, the mundane and the fantastical. And I really don't like fantastical. Okay. In a book, <laughs> novel, in a, in a story. Yep. Fantastical is fun. Um, uh, I've known about werewolves even as a 12-year-old when I started playing D&D when I was 12. I know all about that sort of thing. You see all the movies and the TV series. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's fascinating. But those things don't exist. They just don't. Because if they did, surely we would know about them. So I stopped reaching for the handle, turned, looked back down the, down the corridor because I wanted to see if somebody had moved into the unit. Couldn't see anything. Walked quickly down the corridor, like really quickly. Checked out the lounge room because it was dark and I wanted to see if whoever in that like second and a half that I'd had being out of sight of the corridor somebody might have moved into the unit so I checked it out couldn't see anybody and as I came to the edge of the the edge of the balcony entranceway uh, around the around the corner um, I checked again and there was nobody standing on the balcony and so I walked out onto the balcony again quickly and I knew that to the left, the balcony effectively ends um, without enough space for someone to stand there. But on the right-hand side, the balcony effectively goes along the outside wall to my bedroom window. So I had – then I, as I got to the edge of the balcony and looked to the right, there was no one standing there either. So I then at that point felt safe enough, relatively. Um, I realized that I had to check out the lane, and I checked out to the right beyond the balcony, down the lane. There was nobody that I could see in the, in the dark, uh, either walking, running. So then I checked quickly up to the left, up towards Westfields, and the only person I could see walking quickly up towards Westfields was, as I said in the, in the email, a male, a man, um, probably about my height, roughly my height, five six, five seven, five eight. And then uh, he proceeded, to, uh, he proceeded to turn after a few seconds, proceeded to turn onto the street, and continue on toward where the, the Hornsby station is. Uh, and I could still see him through the, the trees because there's fairly sparse trees up there. It's like a little garden area around the unit block up there. I remember looking after him and wondering what just happened, like what the t what the fire truck was going on. And then looking across the – man, I'm starting to freak out again. I remember looking across the um, the, uh, the the lane to the shadow in between the two unit blocks that are opposite us and beginning to realize that if this thing, if this thing, if this is the fantastical answer, that this thing could have been standing right there in between those two unit blocks and I would never know it was there. I couldn't see it. Now, getting, getting back to potentially a year and a half to two years later, I had come to the conclusion, and this took me many months to realize that 
the mundane answer I wanted it to be was a flying fox. I wanted it to be a flying fox or a bat um, or an owl. And I thought, yep, that's the only thing that could have made the sighting with the ears, because flying foxes have the distinctive ears on top of their head, like a dog, similar to a dog. Um, and I so wanted it to be that, but something kept on making me come back again and again to the shadow, as if part of my mind was trying to prod me into, hey, look, hey, look, 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 look. And I kept on thinking about it over and over again. And not all the time, but every time I think about it, it would, it would be the, this that instant, that few seconds of shadow. And then I finally came to the conclusion that it couldn't have been a flying fox. Right. So those, so those years, that, that's what, when you mentioned that in your email, that really grabbed my attention uh, because... Well, it certainly grabbed mine. Yes, but I, I'm not surprised. But because we've had, I actually featured on my podcast this week, uh, or sorry, last week, a guy, a fellow called John Kershaw, who saw and actually took quite remarkable photos of what appears to be a, a, bipedal, a huge bipedal creature with a dog head with the ears sticking up on the top of its head, and that was just west of Sydney, and that was not... I've, I've, I've just got an old cold all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you should, if you if you have the time, have a listen to my show with him in it. It's the Aoi Central. It's just the latest episode. I'm going to um, be looking that up straight after this convo. And if you... If you're, Interested in his, I posted the photos that he shared to the Yowie Central Facebook group. You're more than welcome to join that and have a look. But if you if you don't have Facebook or something, um, you could go to YouTube. I've and, got Facebook. I'll, I'll look it up on Facebook because well, jo- um, it's a private group, so you can f- just request to join and I'll approve it, and you can have a look at the photos. But but sure. um, you could also find he's got his own. He started up his own YouTube channel called Creepers. Cryptid and Paranormal Corner, and you can find his his material there as well. Um, but if you want to hear the whole story and the way he recounted oh, it, Oh, I'm it definitely was... going to listen to the whole story. Yes, yes. No so... Because if you've just told me that, and yep. it was just west of Sydney. Yes. Um, what, what puzzled me, and it still does, is why would it choose to come so far into a suburb? It's and it's a mystery. Assuming assuming it is the fantastical answer. Now I'm I don't like the fantastical answer, and I've since now rejected the mundane answer because of the arms that I saw, so, the upper bicep arms. Right. So the arms you you could make out deltoids and biceps. No, but just the shadow, the arms, the arms, yes. and the the shoulders were massive. Yep. Like I would call to me because I'm only five six, right? I'm only five foot six. I was when I was younger, five foot eight. This thing's head made my head look small. Okay, so, and even though I only could see its shadow, and I've since, most recently in the last few weeks, discussed it. Finally, discussed it with one other part, one other person apart from my flatmate, who, as you can see in the email that I sent you guys, he looked at me when I told him about it the next night as if I was a, I was a complete nut job. So I just decided. If I tell anybody else, they're going to potentially start thinking about locking me up. But the, when I discussed it with my associate, who is a very pragmatic, he's very, he's very evidence-driven, similar to me, very similar to me. And he said, what if it wasn't the mundane? Because he suggested at first it was a flying fox as well. And then I said, I just described to you exactly, exactly what I told him, which is I kept on coming back to the shadow and the arms. And then I realized after something like several months, that it couldn't have been what I thought it was, what I wanted it to be, because it wasn't flying, because the arms were at its sides, as if it, there was, it was either standing up on the balcony or had just pulled itself up onto the balcony and was standing right at the edge of the balcony, listening, as if listening. And that's probably why. That's probably why he said, "Well, what it could, what it could have been an owl." I said, "The arms, the arms, the arms were effectively either at its sides. You know when you've." If you've gone up to a railing and you put your arms, your hands on the railing, your arms are still pretty much at your sides. So anybody looking at you from behind would still see your arms effectively at your sides, or at least the upper arms. Yeah. And all I could see of of its upper torso was its upper arms, the the from the roughly the the uh, the bicep, uh, midway down its arms, midway down its upper arms, and upward because of the corner of the 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 corner of the corridor cut it off. 
So I couldn't see around the corner, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, oh, man, it's starting to freak me out yet again, again, again. Um, That's okay. So, you know, it, it, a lot of the people that I talk to have uh, residual fear that, that creeps up when they're retelling because, their because stories. It's, yeah. Because it's not something you expect to see. No, no, but your, um, your reaction is totally normal, though. Um, when he said to me, okay, so if it's not the mundane, it's not a flying fox because it couldn't have been flying because I saw it for two to three seconds. If it had been flying past the light, I would have seen a flash of something and then it would have been gone. That's how fast they fly. Like it was similar to a bird. So he said, what if it was a, 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 a robber, a thief? And I said, oh, that's a possibility too. Yes, it could, could have been. But even when I stood where I estimated it to be on the balcony and held my hand above my head with my fingers splayed at night, with the light shining from behind me, silhouetting my hand into the lounge room, my hand still didn't reach to where roughly I estimated its head to and ears to have been. And I'm five six, and I had my hand at full extension above my head. And I've done that a number of times as an experiment, and my hand still doesn't reach to where its head was. So if if it was standing where I suspected to have been on the balcony, beyond. If you're looking at from out onto the balcony from inside the lounge room, then the clothes horse is in the way if it's if it's any closer, right? So the clothes horse was, is is pretty close to the edge of the balcony, but it's not right at the edge of the balcony. There's a gap. You can walk around it to where my window is. So the only place it could have been would have been on the balcony edge or had stepped over the balcony and be standing on the balcony because if we're standing up on the balcony wall, its head would have been effectively out of sight. It, 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 the the actual shadow would have been the the the, the um, how do I put this the the either the edge of the balcony above us would have cut off the shadow of its head, or the door frame, which is lower than the balcony, would have, the top of the door frame to the sliding door would have cut off its head. So the shadow would not have had a head. It just would have been this body standing on the on this part of this, this maybe its upper torso to its to its lower its upper arms. It may actually probably would have been its lower arms because it still would have been projecting the shadow. And this, but I, I'll get back to the point, which is the size of it. The size of it just completely threw me. Like um, it was much wider than I was, both in head and in shoulders, the arms. And there wasn't a sound when it when it appeared to grow. Like it was almost as if pulling itself up onto the balcony was no effort at all. Like when when the shadow grew into the lounge room, there was not a single sound. I've, 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 I've kind of done an experiment since, you know, like the old monkey bars and I've tried to pull myself up and it's a lot of effort because I don't have a whole lot of body strength. Most people don't. And if this thing, if this thing or you know, the fantastical answer or the mundane answer, if it's a mundane answer, like a robber, they would have had to have had an incredible amount of upper body strength. Now, Dave, my mate who told me about, you know, parkour, parkour practitioners and rock climbers can do that sort of thing. And I've seen them on YouTube. Yeah, it's very impressive what they can do. But it takes an, an amazing amount of training and time to get to that level. And 90% of people just can't do that. Like they just don't have that sort of upper body strength to be able to pull themselves up from the ground, anywhere from seven, eight or nine feet above the ground to, to reach the bottom of the balcony. Because the balcony floor is probably about a good half a foot, three quarters of a foot thick because it's made of concrete and it sticks out from the side of the building quite a way. So. Um, How high do you reckon that balcony is off the ground? On the one side, as because Albert Lane slopes down from Westfields and it slopes down to the right past our unit. So as our unit is, is, is effectively on the level, um, the balcony on the left-hand side is probably close to seven feet, but toward the middle of the balcony, it's about eight feet, and on the right, it's definitely at least nine feet because it's the the the, the lane is sloping down away from us, to, from left to right. Whoever it had to have been would have had to have either been able to jump and grab the bottom of the balcony, which means you've got to be at least six foot one, six foot two, six foot four, somewhere around there or whatever it was, was able to literally reach up from where it was standing below the balcony and literally just pull itself up or themselves up. I'm trying, 
see, even now, I'm still thought, I still don't like the Fantastic Valencia. <laughs> I really don't want that to be the case. Um, I really want it to be just a, a thief. I, that's what I really want it to be, some kind of robber, some kind of person. And the reason why I suspect that if, it, if it's either fantastical or mundane is because they would have heard me in the, in the, in the toilet, not only flushing the toilet, but then washing my hands and then stepping out of the toilet because I don't need to turn the toilet light on because of the street light outside. It's that bright. I've never done it. Ever since I've moved in in 2005, I've never turned the, the bathroom light on at night to go to you know, just be in the toilet because there's that much light coming streaming through the window, even though the window is frosted. About those, the the ears. So yes. were they sitting right on the top of its head like a Doberman's ears or Anubis, the, the Egyptian right. god? The, the, the top sides of its head. That's the... There was a, like, a, like a half dome in between the middle of the ears, that much I can re- definitely recall. So there was a gap between the ears, but I will say quite unequivocally that they, the, the, the way they were positioned, they looked like dog's ears, the, the positioning of, of on the head. Were they, um, in relation to the rest of the size of the head, do you think they were really large ears or were they small compared to the actual size of the head? No, I'd say it was pretty much in proportion, if you could argue. I mean, I know with dogs, like, as you say, with Doberman's ears, I've seen Doberman and interacted with Doberman in the past, and they do appear similar to German Shepherd's ears. They're very, they're very big for the size of the head, especially yes. if, the, if, the, if the dog is young. But this, these ears, it was just the sheer size of the ears and the head and the neck and the shoulders and the freaking arms. <laughs> and um, so you, so those ears were about where you would say an adult German Shepherd's ears were a similar size in proportion yes. to its head. Okay. Yeah, I was, but it, it looked, even though they were large, I mean, to me, they, the whole thing was large. Let's just, let's just get, that, get through that right now. The whole thing was large. It was much larger than me, um, both in height and in and sheer body, body size, mass. Um, even though I didn't ever actually saw it directly, the thing that even now keeps on freaking me out was just the ears and the size of the head. If that was a person, that's got to be one of the biggest people I've ever seen. Whatever the hell this thing was, whoever the hell this guy was, if he was seven feet plus, it wouldn't surprise me. But how does a seven foot tall creature be able to move so so quietly without virtually any sound, if no sound at all? Because I couldn't hear a damn thing. And how does, and how does really... it? Sorry, you go on. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, how does if if we're talking about just a really large human being, how do they get up on your balcony with no noise, no grunting, that's, no unless, well, as you said, they're they're a parkour expert, parkour expert, expert or a rock climber expert. Um, you could you can't be a journeyman in those in the, in, the, in those sports and do what this person did. Um, I've read a number of books. Um, there's a book I've read called um, Grand Theft, which is a guy called Bill Mason, he, and he's an American. And he's five foot ten, roughly roughly five ten. And he, in the seventies and early eighties, he was known as the West Coast's cat burglar. And the, he wrote a book about his exploits. And um, he could do some pretty amazing things himself. But he he deliberately trained himself to be incredibly strong upper body and be able to effectively scale the outside of buildings, multi-story apartment blocks, right? And that took him a long time to be able to perfect that. And then to maintain it, you've got to maintain the training. I'm sure you're aware of this. But if it's a fireman, if it's, um, you know, potentially uh, ex-army who's just come out of the army and not allowed them to give, you know, allow, yeah. allow themselves to, to fall to fat, for example, um, they do have a lot of upper body strength because they need to carry very a lot of equipment and weapon and ammo. Um, but even so, whoever the, if this was just a normal person, why would this person be wearing either a mask with the ears on it or a hoodie with dog ears on it? Because you, you know yourself that there are uh, hoodies out there that have the panda ears on them and the cat's ears, and then they've got the, the, the little headbands. I've seen the, with the young kids in Hornsby wearing the headbands with um, cat's ears on them. But this wasn't cat's ears. This was full-on dog. They looked like a, to me, it looked, I've, I've interacted with dogs. I've owned dogs. That looks like a dog, dog's ears. The only thing that my mate could come up with is that perhaps if you had seen it, you either would have would have had a heart attack 
or um, this thing could have attacked you, assuming it's the fantastical answer. And again, I really don't like this answer. <laughs> I really don't want this to be the answer. Because like I said, if these things exist and this thing could move so fast and so quietly that I didn't hear it, I could be 10 feet, 10 feet from it in the dark and I would never know it was there. And it's seven feet tall. If this thing is seven feet tall and it's as massive as it was, well, Andrew, I hate to break this to you, mate, but I talk to people like you every day. I've got six interviews lined up this week and they're all about this kind of creature or the, the Yowie kind of creature or the little Junjadi, the little people. Um, we are getting, strangely and mysteriously, getting more and more reports about a dog-headed being Mm-hmm. And uh, they're out there, mate. <laughs> I, I I got uh, the internet on on twenty in twenty fourteen, and by twenty seventeen, by twenty sixteen, I was already seeing the, the 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 reports and and the you know the the podcast from the US about the dog men, and I was like, yeah, whatever. This that's it's a great it's a, it's a rollicking yarn. It's really really funny. It can be chilling at some points, but it's just a story. I mean, how do you verify that? You can't verify that because there's no photographs. If there's no photographs, no proof. I am orientated towards proof. I'm an amateur scientist. I want proof. You show me a proof of little green aliens coming out of a spaceship and, and it's proved, it's proved. Yep, I'm all in. Like the tic, like the Tic Tacs. The yeah. Tic Tac UFOs yep. And, yep. Yep. off the east and west coast of America. They're now starting the US government's like now starting to say, What about that? And I'm 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 of two minds. One, it's either a massive psyop by the US. That's a possibility. That's more likely to be the possibility. Or it's a third party. And when I told my security mate from Westfields, I said about this, because he mentioned it himself about the Tic Tacs. He said, what do you think about these Tic Tacs? And I said, it's either a PSYOP by the US to try and scare the other nations into line, or it's real and it has to be a third party. And he said, why can't it be the US? I said, because do you really honestly think the US would have this tech and not use it to dominate the world? Realistically. Yeah. You know, these things can come from orbit into the ocean in just several seconds. Yeah, it's, no, it's mind-blowing. No aircraft can yeah. do that. No. No aircraft that I know of ever heard of can do that. And if this sort of technology is available to any nation, why aren't we speaking Chinese or Russian or have American culture forced down our throats? They wouldn't do it. They would absolutely do it. They wouldn't, they wouldn't keep it secret. They've, we, we now own everyone. So it has to be a third party, someone we're not aware of, whether if you want to go the fantastical answer, which I don't like, which is aliens, or my suspicion is that it's a third-party human party. Humanity has now been demonstrated to be over 190,000 years old. Do you really think this is the first time we've reached this to reach this point before? No, absolutely not. There have been uh, very advanced, technically advanced civilizations way before us. Almost and multiple, multiple been. of them. Yeah, multiple, not just one. Mm. So yeah. in 190,000 years, that's a lot of potential civilizations that we've managed sometimes, I would imagine. Sometimes we almost made it to uh, the Industrial Age. Other times we've made it to you know, Renaissance. Other times we've made it to maybe 22nd or 23rd century technology. Who knows? You know, but like I said. Uh... Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, getting back to the story at hand, sorry to go off on a tangent. But, <laughs> You're right. Um, You're right. My, my main concern is that if it was a thief, and I really, really want it to be a thief, um, then A, they knew that I, what I was doing because they could undoubtedly hear it outside uh, in the lane. I've, I've heard my flatmate um, walking on the balcony in the early morning and in the early evening when he gets back from work 
and you can clearly hear someone moving on the balcony. It's not as if, because my window is right on the balcony. Um, you can clearly hear people moving on the balcony. It's, it's very easy to discern that. Um, and this thing, if it was a thing, if you want to call it a thing, didn't make a sound. There was no sound. There was no smell. Um, when I went to the balcony, there was no smell. Um, there was nothing. There was literally freaking nothing. And I, I want proof. I, if someone could give me proof that, you know, that it's not the mundane answer, even if how, how potentially how, however frightening uh, having a thief in your house might be, because it takes a lot to, to, to frighten me. I've been through some pretty horrendous shit. Sorry, some pretty horrendous stuff in my life. And it takes a lot to frighten me. Like I've, I've confronted other people in Hornsby alone and not to mention elsewhere in Sydney. And I've been analyzing what they've been doing because I'm a, I'm kind of like an amateur body expert, body body language expert. I'm able to discern what people are going to do usually before they do it. Um, again, it's stemming from a lot of childhood trauma and, um, there's not much in this world that frightens me. I can be standing in front of an oncoming truck and be calmly analyzing which way do I step to avoid the truck instead of freaking out like a lot of other people tend to. And this thing, if it is the fantastical answer, uh, if it wanted me dead and it felt threatened, there's no doubt about it, it could have killed me. So the only other explanation I can come up with and that I told to my mate Dave is it was there to scavenge. It wasn't there to kill. Was there to scavenge? Yeah, potentially. Because it had to have known that I was in the in the bathroom, with the ears that it has, with the senses it has. If if it is the fantastical answer, right? Let's go with the fantastical answer. If it is what it is, then it had to have known that I was there in the toilet, flushing the toilet, washing my hands, opening the toilet door, walking out, and it, it would have been expecting me. If this, if this sort of thing has done this sort of thing before, it was going to expect me to go back into my darkened bedroom because the entire unit was dark. How did it know the balcony doors were open? Well, A, it can probably see them from, I know it can see, see them from the lane. And also the smell coming from inside the unit would have indicated food. So if, if the reason why it was there, in my humble estimation, my humble guess is it was there to scavenge food. Why would it be coming into houses and scavenging food? Because humans are famous for lying food, living, leaving food lying about. You want yeah. more examples? Yeah, no, that's the American black, black and brown bear, uh, the eastern quoll in Australia, the dingoes, rabid foxes and 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 dogs and cats. Uh, you've got creatures all over the world that scavenge food from us. It's the easiest source of food. Why go and try to hunt a potentially dangerous kangaroo when you can just scavenge whatever food you need or want from us? That was my theory. Now, whether it's whether or not I'm accurate, I couldn't tell you. What about? The so the outline, the shadow that you saw, could you discern any hair? Did it look shaggy or was it a smooth I outline? Got the imp- I got the impression that there was hair, but especially around the ears and on the top of the head, because that was what focused my most of my attention initially in that first second or so when I looked with my when my eyes snapped to its head and I saw the ears. And I at that second I was involuntarily like taking it, not even a step back, it was more like a flinch because it didn't make any logical sense what I was looking at. I got the impression there was hair, but as for whether the hair went down the sides of its head or whether there was hair on the upper shoulders or the upper arms or on its neck, I I, I didn't really see it. I, that was the impression I got was that there was hair on the top of its head and on its ears, but I, I couldn't honestly tell you truthfully whether there was. I was too busy trying to my dumb, my dumb chimp brain was too busy trying to process what it was already seeing. <laughs> so, so, um, and so, when you've seen you've seen this shadow grow, like grow taller, as though it was coming closer. No, it's as if it was standing up. As, sorry, as if it was standing up. Yep. When did you lose sight of it? What happened then? Um, after about two to three seconds of me, initially, my head went, my eyes went to its middle, to the middle of the sh- sh- shadow when it first grew. And then it snapped to its head, and then my eyes went down from its ears, head, neck, shoulders, and its upper arms. As as I finished that, and I banged my mouth the words, "What the fire truck?" At that point, it vanished. Now, I said this to my mate. I said, "I think what I had was the visual and audio occlusion, or just the visual occlusion, 
because I was trying to process all this data as fast as I could because it made no it made no logical sense and it still doesn't make any logical sense to me so you um, you blinked and then it wasn't there or no no I was I don't believe I blinked it's possible I could have but if I blinked then whoever or whatever it was was able to move so fast that even with me blinking and then you know how fast you blink it's like a you know a quarter of a second I don't believe that this thing could have moved as fast as it did without me potentially having some kind of visual brain occlusion as I was trying to do that. Either that or if it can move that fast, then it's definitely not human because no human could move that fast. There's no, there's no, there's no way a human can move that fast and that silently. So you're looking uh, at this, at, at this strange shaped shadow silhouette, yep. silhouette and then one second it's there and the next moment it's, it's not there. Yep. So it was probably about, as I've said in the email, it was probably about two to three seconds. It could have been longer, but the, I think there's also what's known as a time dilation effect. Everything seems to either slow down or speed up depending on your perceptions and the stress levels at the time. And I wasn't frightened. I was just completely in disbelief. Like I was like, what am I seeing? What am I seeing? It doesn't make any sense. And then it was gone. So, yeah, right. And um, did you did you wake your flatmate up? Oh that no, no, night? no. He was he was already in bed, uh, not so much asleep because it was around about anywhere from nine until nine forty five, somewhere around there. Um, could have been closer to ten even. But um, after investigating, um, after investigating the balcony, looking up and down, seeing the guy walking away, I immediately turned, walked back inside, stopped, turned around, shut the balcony door, and threw the bolt which goes into the top of the balcony uh, at the top. Um, and that's made of stainless steel. I didn't. I didn't want to use the um, the little uh, aluminium uh, secure at the handle at, at about waist height because uh, a it's not overly secure, and b it's only made of aluminium, effectively maybe light steel. So if you pull hard enough on the door, uh, which is that one um, locking mechanism, you can easily break it because it's just backed by by plastic. And I was, by that stage, really starting to freak out. And I realized that if this thing came back, I didn't want it in the unit. <laughs> if this person came back, I didn't <laughs> want it in the unit. I don't blame you. I interviewed someone last year who saw a Yowie in Fairfield, Sydney. Fairfield? Yeah. Yeah. So That's the centre of the city. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's very. There are actually parks and things that are... Right near there, though, so there's there's potentially a, a way of getting there along. I haven't got it in front of my the map in front of me right now, but uh, we did work out that there was potentially a way of of getting there, connecting it to other national parks that are south of Sydney, if I remember correctly. Lane Cove National Park goes pretty much right past Hornsby, right from the exit from the from the from the edge of Sydney. Sydney city city itself um I can walk from here 15 minutes and be effectively be in bushland on the other side of Hornsby um right so it's not it I've already ascertained that if this thing was hunting for food uh, which I that's my theory I can't prove it if this thing was hunting for food then it could easily have penetrated as far as this and there's another major food source right near me I'm uh, just looking now. I've got it up on the map. So there, there was a, there's the river. There's whichever river that is along there, or creek. There's definite or parkland that looks like it's following a, a creek um, in Fairfield. In Fairfield, yeah. Yep. And yep. then there's Fairfield Park, and then there's that that river that all goes down to Mirambina Regional Park, which then then you get down to there's a Chipping Norton Lake. You know, there's there's parks sort of all the way along there that would take you. So there's definitely a corridor it could have taken. Absolutely, a corridor that then leads into that Royal National Park, which is south of Sydney. So, um, oh, the, the 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 national park, yeah, the Royal National Park, south of Sydney. Yeah, I've, yeah. And I've, we get I've camped, I camped down there um, when I was a, a sea scout many years ago when I was a kid. We've had quite a few reports from that area. Uh, in fact, if you look on, I don't know if you've discovered it yet, but the Australian Yowie Research website has, mm. if you scroll down the front page, you'll find an interactive map and you can type in your suburb, for example, and uh, it'll pop up with all the sightings that are 
All the, all the reports that we have on our database so far pop up on that map and you can read them or listen to them depending on if it's a, an audio or a written report. Um, not all of our reports are up there yet because we've got a bit of a backlog of interviews that I've done that we need to transcribe for our website, but we're, we're on that. But the, the, the vast majority of them are there, though, on the, on the website. So if you want to have well, a look. I'll, I will definitely look at that. But what got me in, I think, in 20, early 2020 was that I looked at the Google Maps. Finally, I looked at Google Maps for Hornsby, and there's definitely a corridor because there's a creek at the end of Albert Street. Well, not the end, but as it slopes down away from Westfield, it slopes down and there's an old creek that runs under a number of buildings or past a number of buildings with a, with a very short amount of bushland um, in between these areas. Well, short, short, short amounts of bush, but even that, even without that, um, as you say yourself, there are definitely ways and means after dark to come in to look for food. Yeah. I mean, we have one from Hornsby Heights as well from 2012, so just up the road from you. And we've got Glenory as well from 2003. Um, oh, wow. Yep. That's what made me so puzzled at first. When when your, mate, when your associate, Dean, uh, emailed me back and said, we don't normally deal with that sort of thing with, with, in suburbia. And I thought, well, that's understandable because your website, which I have viewed since, by the way, I found you guys in, I think it was in tw- early 2020, and I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> what the heck is this? We've got. I've I've heard of Yowies in the distant past, but I always put them down to Dreamtime and 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 uh, Aboriginal stories. Um, mm. But to start to to research that because I actually saw your website originally after I found you on YouTube, and I, I saw I, I I listened to a number of of the podcasts that you yourself had made and your and other associates of yours. And the most chilling podcast that got me in 2021 was probably uh, it was late 2021 after I'd found uh, finally found out, brought up enough courage to actually email you because I was like I've got to get this off my chest I've really got to talk about this because I'm it's starting to freak me out <laughs> um, was the was the uh, woman and the three kids uh, yes Hickey's Pil- Falls Pilbara, Pilbara, at, at the falls yeah the, yeah the, the Pilliga so the bottom of Pilliga, the Pilliga yeah. State Forest and that. That freaked me the heck out. I was <laughs> thinking, if this was a lie, it's the most convincing lie I've ever heard because I could I could hear the fear in her voice Absolutely. when she was describing what was happening. Yep. Um, and then she said about the cop who turned up, and she said, "Don't go down there. Don't go down there." And he went down there, and he overtook her in his car. Yes. And I was like, one of the scariest sightings that, that that I've heard. And you're not the only one to to have that one really stand out to them. I have people tell me all the time and people commenting on our website or on our forums and things that, oh, my God, the Hickey's Falls one, that was that was the yeah, scariest yeah, ever. It, yeah. it, it, it just – and what's more, there was you can hear the fear in her voice. It's not made up. It's complete terror. She recounts what she went through. Um, and like like my mate said, with my sighting, you're probably, you're probably lucky you didn't get to see what it actually looked like, you see, because you might have had a heart attack. But this thing, this, 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 you know, the mundane and the fantastical answer in my, in, in, in my sighting, um, the mundane doesn't match unless it happens to be a thief happening, happening to be wearing either a hoodie, which doesn't match because the, the sides of the head were too smooth. A hoodie doesn't fit that tightly, even if you, you've got drawstrings to tie it that tight. A mask doesn't make any, any, any sense because if the person was trying to climb a wall, masks and hoodies just get in the way. I'm sure you've had that experience if you've been bushwalking and put the hoodie up and all of a sudden you're like, ah, it's so annoying. This thing keeps on getting in my face and shifting around and ugh, get it out of my face. So then there's just potentially just a potentially, I'm saying potentially again and again and again because I don't want it to be the fantastical answer. But, um, like I said to you before, if this thing, if this thing is real, um, it could easily have killed me um, with just snapping my neck, like, my neck like a twig if it was that strong. And what, it has to have been that strong to pull itself up. Yeah. What shape was the head? You mentioned there was a dome bit between the two yeah, the, ears. The dome, the dome, it, looked as if, it looked as if it wasn't pointed, as in a pointed dome. It was rounded like a normal head, similar to what you'd see on a dog. So the impression I'm getting was that even though I never actually saw it directly, the shadow – and that the size of the head, it could easily have been, if you really want to go down this road, which I, I don't want to, it could have been a dog's head that I was looking at. But because it was silhouetted from behind, all you're going to get is the size and the size of the head, top of the head, the ears and the neck. 
you're not really going to see anything. In, I didn't see anything in the way of potentially a protruding jaw or a muzzle because its shadow was being cast from behind it. At no stage did it, to my vision, did it turn its head at all. It was looking directly into the unit, which is why I say it knew, it knew where I was. It knew what I'd been doing. Did the, the was, neck... was more likely expecting me to go back into my bedroom so it could scavenge. Right. Did the neck slope down to the shoulders? Like, was it a, a slope or was there a, there a clear kind of right angle where the neck stops and the shoulders poke out? Or did it slope um, down gradually? It like was a... very built. Whoever it was, it, you've seen muscle, you've seen bodybuilders, right? Yep. Right. That's the kind of neck it had. It, it, it was, it was, it was the upper body. I could tell just by looking at the shadow that whatever or whoever this person or thing was, it was built. Like this thing was, to me, it would be massive. You know, even on my mate, six foot four, Dave, he wouldn't come close to the size of this thing's head or shoulders or neck, let alone having ears on the top of his head, for example. This thing to me would be massive. To him, it would have been large because um, he's six foot four. This thing had to have been seven foot, potentially seven foot plus. That's why I say in my email, I just, I, all I could do was estimate its height based on the little I could see of it. As I said, down to its uh, its, uh, its upper arms. I'm sorry, but that's that's about all. If I, as I said, if I had seen it, I could have draw, I could have gotten an artist to draw your picture. But as I never saw it, because it moved so quick, either that or I had a brain fart <laughs> when I was looking at it and freaking out. Um, not you know, this image isn't computing. This image isn't making any logical sense. Um, but like I said before, if this is the fantastical answer and it can move that fast, you'd have no chance at all. Like zero chance. Before you knew you're under attack, you're already dead. If this thing wants you dead, it, you're dead. Yeah. Um, the classic sign of that, classic example of that is the original Jurassic Park film where the hunter starts hunting the raptor that's hunting them with the shotgun. And at the very last moment, it distracts him. And then as it comes through the bushes, he turns his head slightly, sees it and goes, clever girl, and then it's on him. If this thing wanted to, to attack you and kill you, it wouldn't just stop and assess you, you'd be dead. Like, I would have had, if this thing came into the unit and it's the fantastical answer, I'm a dead man. If this thing wants to kill you, you're dead. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no ifs, and or buts. If these things are out there and they, they want you dead, you're, you're, no, sorry, it's a predator. It's pure and simply a predator based on its, it's like the, you know, the size of it, its ears. It's obviously a, a, a binocular vision. It doesn't have eyes on the side of its head. If it's obviously a binocular vision like us, then like us, it's a predator. And I really don't want it to be the fantastic answer. <laughs> I, really, I really, really don't want it to be that because that means that if that's the case, then everything we thought we knew is a load of BS. Mm, welcome to my world, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to be in your world. Um, I really don't want to be there. Right. I, I would rather, to be honest, Sarah, I'd really rather not be in that in the Twilight Zone in the X-Files, because that's the kind of thing that I've relegated all this to, which is great stories, fantastic games to play, great novels, but it doesn't exist. It can't. I really don't want it to exist. <laughs> well, maybe now after getting it off your chest and, and talking it through with somebody, you might be able to just put it into a compartment in your mind and not think well, about I'll it too much. I'll put it on much. the shelf and hopefully I won't have to deal with it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, the American Indian call them skinwalkers. That's another. Well, that's another we're not word. sure if that's word. the same creature. We're not yeah, sure. That could be different. Yeah, I it, think it that's... could be just humans being cursed or whatever the American yes. Indian Exa is. exactly, exactly. Um, and whether that's the same. See, I've, only just, I've only just started delving into this since uh, 2019 because I just couldn't get it off my chest. I just couldn't. I couldn't put it. Couldn't put it down. It's like a. It's like a, a horror film, a horror story that you're reading that you can't put it down, even though you're horrified by it. We're not sure if there's a there's a being that is in that form because the skinwalker is a, sh a shapeshifter, yep. and there's there's Aboriginal stories of shapeshifters here in in Australia as well. Kadaicha um, men or something different. Yeah, there's there's Kadaicha is is one of the terms, and clever man is is one of the other terms. But um, what's interesting though, we've been I've been discussing this with my colleagues, is that there doesn't seem to be many stories, if any, about a dog-headed bipedal creature in Aboriginal law, yet we're seeing them over here now 
So what's going on? Is it is are it you, is it because are is, you suggesting they could have emigrated? Uh, or they're slipping through from other dimensions um, is one of the stories that's is one of the theories um, that the, this particular time it, it, the veil is thin and so people are seeing lots of very strange creatures out there. Um, there's, there are a lot of reports over in the United States about Dogman, um, way more than there ever used to be as well. So, Have you looked up um, a website called Suspicious Observers? Um, no, I haven't heard of that it's one. Nothing before. to do with what, it's nothing to do with what you're pursuing, quite legitimately in my eyes. Now it's quite legitimate. The, this documentation has to keep going. Uh, I will I will fully support that right now because if it's not the mundane and it can't be without any reasonable logical explanation, then then the fantastical is the other option. Um, Suspicious observers is a website run by an American who is monitoring space weather and uh, the space weather effects on planet Earth. And it could be that there might be a correlation there too. So if you want to look at that, and perhaps, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's, uh, he's an, uh, uh, he and his wife run it, and they have now over 300 peer-reviewed scientists have joined them by saying that, yes, uh, have you ever heard of the Younger Dryer um, event? The, the Younger Dryer event. Younger Dryas event. It no. happened around about 12,900 years ago. Right. What, what did that and, involve? Um, well, years ago, uh, I think it was in the early 80s or even in the 70s, they started finding this, this matte black layer of effectively um, carbonized material. Um, and when they started analyzing it, they discovered that it was basically a whole lot of – they first found it in America, uh, North America, and they couldn't figure out what it was. And so they basically thought, okay, well, we'll just estimate what we think it is. And they estimated it between roughly 11,000 to 14,000 years ago, that whatever it was happened, happened. But they couldn't explain what it was. So they put it on the shelf, as they normally do with a lot of discoveries, and they came back to it periodically. And it wasn't until the early 90s that one of them, some guy came up with the, an explanation that it might have been a comet event over North America 12,900 to 13,000 years ago that effectively wiped out all the megafauna in North America. That's why there is no megafauna in North America, whereas there's megafauna in uh, Africa and prim- pr- previously in um, Europe before it was mostly you know, hunted to extinction by us, naturally. So they, they came back with it, and there was, a, there was a, 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 um, an article written in 2008, uh, 2008 uh, Nature magazine where finally um, one guy proposed what he thought it could have been, what it thought it could, could have caused it, which was a cometary event uh, in North America that effectively caused um, a flashover event across not only North America to literally incinerate it, but also it, it, it extended uh, as far as um, eastern, uh, now eastern Russia and down into Asia. And the reason why they're saying that was because they, that was the only thing that seemed to fit the bill at the time, but there had been a comet. Uh, and they've now since come to the conclusion in 2017 uh, and slightly earlier, I think it was 2014, that it couldn't have been a comet because the damage to the planet was much bigger than they thought. So right. they're now thinking that it could have been our star that goes through its cyclic event. And so the recent archaeological evidence that they've managed to dig up, and also from other disciplines, other scientific disciplines like astronomy um, and um, I can't remember the other one, astrophysics, um, is that whatever happens um, every 12,900 years to 13,000 years like clockwork, they've been able to trace back effectively 3 million years. So whatever happens roughly 12 to 14,000 years every every time is our star either has a massive CME, a coronal mass ejection, uh-huh. or a micronova event, which effectively resets everything in the solar system. So 12,900 years ago, Whatever it was that happened wiped out seventy five percent of all life on the planet, and that's everything. Right, and and they think that there's something like that happening now. Well, it could it could because it's not just our star that's causing it. There's known as it's known as the galactic um, it's known as a galactic wave of energy that that passes through our solar system uh, every twelve thousand nine hundred years ago, every twelve thousand nine hundred years to thirteen fourteen thousand years, and it's like clockwork. You can basically run your watch by it. Now there are some variations, but if you if you look up suspicious observers and start reading, not don't don't so much look at some of the stuff he says. Some of the stuff he says is 
is theoretical because there's no there's no evidence yet of what he's theorizing but a lot of what they've come up with in the last say 20 to 25 years is due to technology our technology has reached the point where they can now run simulations as to what the star would look like and he's now come up with this 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 really fascinating one fascinating um video uh that is on youtube where he said that they couldn't figure out for many decades but leading back to the 20s and even the 1800s as to why there are so many pictograms of what they termed as the dancing man the dancing man is all over the world right they've got the it's on in inscriptions in rock art rock, rock art um inscribed in stone on, on the sides of mountains and they couldn't i couldn't understand why this dancing man kept appearing all over the world different slightly different variations of him but there was always this dancing man so they thought it was some kind of you know deity worship until an archaeologist who had been investigating the younger Dryas and also other things had come to his astronomer mate and it said i think this is in 2012 he said i need you send i need you to look at these 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 pictographs because i can't figure out what they're for and he said okay so log them over to me by email and i'll take a look at them and i'll get back to you and so he logged all these literally hundreds sorry dozens dozens of these pictographs uh pictograms and when his mate didn't respond to him about two weeks later he then contacted him by phone and said hey look uh you've taken a look at those pictograms and pictographs of the dancing man i sent you he said yeah yeah have you got any more of these and he said yeah i do there are hundreds of them why he said uh send me all of them and he said why he said i don't want to say anything yet but um i need to know i need to find out where these have been found i need you to have you documented them all have you have you have you logged wherever wherever they've been found he said yes he said okay log them all to me and i'll go i'll go and talk with my mates in the in the astronomy group and we'll, we'll i'll get back to you give me 48 hours 24 hours later he called it back and said you're not going to believe me but um we've been running simulations these last several years because of the new powerful computers we've got and um the pictographs you, you've shown you've shown me exactly match our simulations of what our star would look like under a cme or a micronova event ah. and he said wait what i'm in this i'm i'm in archaeology that doesn't make any sense he said yes it does i'm going to send you all the all the simulations we've been running and he did and the guy was shocked absolutely flawed because they virtually matched every pictogram around the world so at some stage in the past the survivors of this event inscribed in rock and in cave art after they came out of the caves to survive it everything that they'd seen and lead up to this mass this massive event that's the theory that they've now got it's not just a comet even though there are undoubtedly comets that hit the, the planet after the event because the cme effectively compresses all of the gas and dust into what's now known as star water and star water when it's compressed turns into comets Oh, right. Star water. I hadn't heard that term before. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's, just, it's known yes. as space weather. Yes. And everything that happens to our star happens to our planet and vice versa. We Absolutely. have a far lesser effect, but the star has a massive effect on everything that goes on on Earth, yeah. which could be leading into something you are investigating right now, which is cryptids. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and everything everything that's happening to us, uh, both both uh, with the ionosphere and the mesosphere and all the other types of spheres we have around the planet uh, down to down because because the our planet has its own electrical and magnetic field and every the time human our star resonance, acts up, you're talking about yes exactly resonance. exactly and humans yes. have that as well so everything that happens to the star happens to the planet happens to us apparently the human resonance or the human frequency is going off the charts at the moment off the well, charts that's like... because our star is entering its most active stage again yep, yep. Yep. happens roughly the mini these mini events happen in roughly 11 every 11 years you might have heard about that in the distant past every yes. 11 years our star goes through a, a major event well that's nothing compared to what happens every 6000 years and then the the 6000 year event is completely minuscule in in comparison to every 12 to 13000 years right that's what they're theorizing now right so, so... and they and they <laughs> estimate they're estimating that the that the star is going to be doing something similar in the next anywhere from the next 26 years to the next potentially if we're really really lucky 150 to 200 years right well let's cross our fingers i'm just hoping it's 150 it's to 200 <laughs> yeah i'm just hoping it's nowhere near as big as last time yeah yeah for sure <laughs> so if you want to investigate suspicious observers and also maybe put some other people onto it maybe if you've got the, the staff um to start digging because this could all be connected could be just a theory yeah i will look into it thanks andrew you're welcome
anyway, I'll let you go. I know you're probably very, very busy. Uh, I thank you for your time. Thank you. Um, thanks for, for thanks for sharing your story with us. I'm, I'm well, I, deeply I, appreciate it. I I don't I do not want this to be fantastical. <laughs> well, fingers crossed then that <laughs> it turns out right, not thanks, to be. <laughs> thanks, Andrew. I'll see you Bye. later. Bye. And that was Andrew with his strange encounter with a mysterious, huge being with large dog-like ears on its head. So fascinating. I have no idea what it was. If you have any idea what that being might have been, please get in touch with me. Remember, if you've had a sighting, whether it be of a yaoi, other cryptid creatures, or something in the paranormal realm, or something in the UFO world, I would love to talk to you, and the Yowie Essential listeners would love to hear your story. So get in touch with me via yaoiecentral at gmail.com, or via my new email address, which is sarah at yaoicentral.com or you can join the Yaoi Central Facebook group and contact me through there. Well, that's all I've got for you today, my friends. Yaoi Central will be back next Wednesday. I'll catch you then. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.